Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I am a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historic lens. Today, we discuss the elderly care in ancient China. Older people have suffered the most in the COVID-19 pandemic, as they are one of the most vulnerable groups. In addition, many have found it difficult to access essential and public services in China, such as hospitals and trains, because they did not know how to show a QR-based health code that requires a smartphone. Worse still, in some online posts. Young people criticized them for being unwilling to learn new things. On November 15, the State Council issued a decree to address the digital gap faced by old people. Conventional offline services must remain available. A few days later, a 94-year-old woman in Hubei Province who could hardly walk had to be lifted by her children at a bank ATM. To be scanned by the facial recognition app to activate her social security card. The news triggered widespread criticism against the bank and empathy towards old people. No one can escape old age. Although the traditional idea that the more sons the better is not as popular as before among Chinese people, some people still cling to this mindset. To some extent, so it is somewhat of a surprise that seniors are facing such unfriendly, embarrassing situations today. But we cannot take for granted that the senior group were looked after very well in ancient China when seniority was highly valued. It is true that an institutionalized system of respecting and taking care of the elderly. Had been operating for more than two thousand years in China by the end of the last dynasty, the Qing. The state and society promoted the idea of respecting and looking after seniors. Elderly people enjoyed favorable treatment in tax and legal obligations. Penalties were imposed for misconduct if senior family members were not taken care of properly. There were publicly or privately funded nursing homes. The mental health of seniors was also cared for. Anything in today's toolbox for care for the elderly can be found in ancient China. For example, during the Han Dynasty from the third century BCE, emperors granted crowns to their subjects above seventy years old. A turtle dove perches at the top of the crunch. Ancient people believed. That this bird would never choke on its food. Eight such crunches were excavated from Han graves in northwestern China's Gansu Province in the late 1950s and early 1980s. Decrees about special treatment for the elderly above 70 were inscribed on the wooden slips that came with the crunches. One of the rules was that criminals above 70. Could be immune from prosecution as long as they were not the main perpetrator. The question is, 
how old was regarded as old enough to be entitled to state-guaranteed elderly care measures. There were different standards. According to Confucianism, 50 was the threshold of old age. But this was too young for imperial dynasties. Everyone under 60 had to pay taxes and serve as conscripted labor. It means that only those above 60 can be regarded as elderly. And the state's favorable policies were only accessible to those above 70 or even 80 and 90. The average life expectancy of Asian Chinese was only 30 to 40 years old. But these figures are somewhat screwed down due to high infant mortality rates. This means that the average life expectancy of those who survived infancy and grew up could be higher than the overall average of the whole population. But still, the average life expectancy of Asian people is much lower than today. As an Asian Chinese saying goes, few people ever lived to 70 years old. In 2018, the average life expectancy of Chinese was 70. The retirement age in China is 50 to 60. A person is entitled to a pension 10 to 15 years before reaching 70, the average life expectancy. But in ancient China, a man may have to walk another 20 years after the average life expectancy. Even if he finally was done with his tax and conscripted labor obligations by the age of 60, he had to wait at least another 10 years to enjoy the favorable treatment the state provided for the elderly. All this shows that state-sponsored benefits for the elderly in ancient China was not a universal national welfare program for everyone as it is today. It was a sort of an honor that the imperial governments granted to the few very old. It made more sense politically for rulers than in terms of helping the elderly. The lack of state support was the basis of the traditional idea of relying on sons for care in old age. Then a big family supposed to be the best choice in ancient China. A big family also fits into the picture people today have about life in ancient times. However, the consensus among researchers is that a typical family consisted of about five members since the Warring States period between the 5th and 3rd centuries. It was not as big as people think. The reason lies in the state policies of taxation, which could be in the form of a grain, money, or conscripted labor. From the first imperial dynasty, the Qing in the 3rd century, until the late 17th century, taxes were based on households and the number of adult men under 60 years old. In addition, households were subject to different levels of taxation according to their assets. This gave the public incentives to divide their big families into smaller ones to reduce their tax burden. This created more households. Local governments had no incentive to stop this because more households created more sources of tax revenue. According to research by Professor Zheng Zhenman of Peking University, at least since the Tang Dynasty in the 7th century, the law banned families from dividing into more households where their parents or grandparents were alive, or for a few years after they died. 
but he found that in Fujian area in the southeast of country, it was common that fathers, sons, and brothers began to live separately, at least as early as during the Song Dynasty in the tenth century, to reduce the number of people being conscripted for labor. Local governments turned a blind eye to this practice. In the Western Han Dynasty, starting from the third century BCE, filial piety was adopted as one of the standards of recommendation for candidates who wanted to be an official. But a poem by an unknown author at that time says that some nominees let their fathers live alone. This shows that while people at that time believed a dutiful son should not do this, it did happen. All this shows that imperial rulers were implementing a tax policy contradictory with the values they themselves advocated. They believed that loyal officials must all come from families upholding filial piety. The emperors themselves often liked to set a good example. Li Zhi, a town crown prince in the seventh century, built a Buddhist temple in the imperial capital. Today's Xi'an in Shanxi Province to commemorate his late mother, he named the temple Ci'an, which means a loving mother's grace. A pagoda and other buildings were built after he assumed the throne. The temple compound was destroyed later and rebuilt in the 15th century during the Ming Dynasty. It is a must-visit site for the tourists today. Despite all this, the taxation system was disintegrating families. We cannot assert that dividing up a family means the family left its elderly members completely unattended, but it is reasonable to say that this practice weakened family relationships and care for the elderly. The result could be serious sometimes. Zhou Lang. An official in the fifth century was worried about the distance within families due to their division. He described a situation in which family members were uninformed about or ignored dangers or hunger faced by other members. A unique way of elderly care in ancient China appeared in the Northern Song Dynasty between the tenth and twelfth centuries. People who shared the same surname believed they were descendants of the same ancestors a thousand years earlier. They organized into patriarchal clans. They built temples to to enshrine all of their ancestors through generations. But in fact, they may not have a common ancestor. It was the identity, not the blood ties, that brought them together in the clan. It is actually a social organization. The belief was encouraged by Confucian scholars in the Northern Song Dynasty. Before that, in an aristocratic family, only the first son born to the wife, not a concubine of his father, was recognized as the ancestor of his offspring from generation to generation. Other sons were worshipped only by their following four generations. Ordinary people did not record or worship their ancestors. In the meantime, a Confucian principle states that ordinary people were not required to follow protocols and ethical standards 
as strictly as the aristocracy. But Confucian scholars in the Northern Song decided to change this. They hoped that everyone in society would follow Confucian-based protocol and ethical standards. Washington ancestors is valued greatly in the system of protocol and ethical standards in Confucianism. How could the standards be followed by all of society if so many people did not even know their roots? This was unacceptable for those scholars. Under the design and promotion of those scholars, gradually people began to create their common identity as offspring of the same ancestors, set up temples to pay tribute to their common ancestors and follow certain protocols in their daily family life. This strengthened the bond and sense of belonging among people. Elderly care in this new social organization then emerged. Fan Zhongyan, a renowned literate and politician from the late 10th to the mid-11th century during the Northern Song Dynasty, bought land in his hometown in today's Suzhou, Jiangsu province. The rent from the land was used to provide for members of the Fan's patriarchal clan, especially the old and poor that lived on the land. Other patriarchal clans followed suit. Fan Zhongyan's offspring maintained and operated the estate for more than 800 years, the longest history of any non-government charity organization in China. There is a middle school on the side of the main home. The memorial temple for Fan Zhongyan, originally built nearly 1,000 years ago, is now a museum dedicated to Fan. Elderly care as a social issue is relatively new after human life expectancy became long enough to have an old age. But the recipe for a decent elderly life remains the same. Support from the state, family, and society. This is end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer, Dr. Zhang Yue, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor Kathleen Nadi. We hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. See you next week.